You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04am and we have another quiz question. This is, as you, you haven't used this for a while, penultimate question. <laughs> this is the penultimate question, guys. Your second last opportunity to get in for the prize, which will be drawn at 8.45 this morning. Guys, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And here we go. Here is the next question. Mm-hmm. According to 1 Samuel 13, in the beginning of King Saul's reign, the Philistines prevented the Israelites from having swords or spears. The Israelites had to go to the Philistines to sharpen their axes, coulters, and other farming tools. Is this true or false? Mm. Did this really happen? So true or false, according to 1 Samuel 13, the beginning of King, at the beginning of King Saul's reign, the Philistines prevented the Israelites from having swords or spears. The Israelites had to go to the Philistines to sharpen their axes, coulters, and other farming tools. Is that true or false? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the end if you know the answer to that one and if you do you're going to the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week none other than thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and a thoughtful hour we'll give you these absolutely for free you just have to text us in with correct answers which we see you guys already texting in so zero four nine one zero six four six six nine absolutely. And also the good thing is there that you've got 50% chance, not 25% chance of getting it right. Yeah. <laughs> like in the first question, That's this right. one's actually 50%. 50. So, just, so hey. t, True or false, T or F. Oh, you might want to text just, him twice. Just, uh, well, I don't know. I don't but hey, you won't embarrass yourself. Just pick just pick one and, and go for it. Well, if you know the answer, then you know maybe pick the uh Pick the right one, man. What Tony was sharing? I was, was just about really to. Say, yeah, yeah, wasn't that? Hey, just and what the voice of the martyrs do. But I love how he actually said that it's about equipping people in their environment, and it's actually about give, the goal is to actually help them to endure and overcome. And that is such a biblical concept, you know. Um, in, in even in Revelation, we read that here are those who overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You know, um, that's a fabulous verse. But in so many spaces, and it's about in in Christianity, it is about the, us learning to come to Jesus and actually overcoming in different areas. But as we come to Jesus, um, you know, in in spaces of our lives. But when particularly when people are persecuted, it is in such a hard space to be in. But you know, in it, it just brings people to their knees and they want to stay there. Interestingly, for the sake of others coming yeah, wow. to Christ, you know, and it's that whole sacrifice and Jesus sacrificed for us. And then these people are sacrificing their lives so that others can come to Jesus too. Mm. And not only that, they're finding that their own relationship is deeper um, mm. by being there. Absolutely. And particularly in regards to Pakistan, I've had the privilege of giving some Bible studies online to people in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, and you it's shared actually, that, eh? It's actually been incredible to see the reaction and the response, how convicted they are of the truth, you know, and what's being shared there. Right. And as a result, you know, them just making radical decisions. But yeah, through my contacts in Pakistan, um, yeah, I, I've been able to get sent some photos of the conditions that Christians, you know, I read the headlines. Mm. Yeah, it was like, oh, they're hiding out in, in fields and whatnot, you know, hiding from, uh, hiding from 
being being persecuted mm-hmm. and then getting the photos from them like literally laying on the ground wow beside a you know a bunch of stocks of corn mm-hmm. in fields because you know their fellow brethren are literally being killed their houses are being burnt down their churches are being burnt down and to go Shocking through stuff. all of that and Shocking the result, stuff. the result, you know, for the contacts that I have over there that are doing Bible studies, they're like, oh, well, Bible study next week. You know, like mm-hmm. they're just continuing to endure the persecution, but then to reach others, others to, to have a ministry in Pakistan. Like, oh, man, I, I just sincerely believe, wow, this is where, you know, the work of the gospel is getting done because it's attempting to even in the worst situations reach people. And I think this is this is the interesting point. This is the interesting thing. Mm. Is the problem then that we have here is that often because of our comfortability, we mm. overlook and commercialism, our, all those things that come in, eh? As an individual, mm-hmm. we overlook our responsibility to our neighbor mm. to share the gospel with them because the perception is, oh well these they people won't be aren't interested. Th- yeah, yeah. Well, but also like they're not in, um, yeah, you know, they're not in Islamic Pakistan at at fear of death or yeah. whatever. Maybe you know they're not currently experiencing persecution. I, I see. Um, th- it's fantastic that there's lots of ministries that go out to those of. Um, a class that are maybe like lower socioeconomic and, and prison ministry and these kinds mm. of things. It's so needed, but simultaneously a, a push into into every facet of Western life of Australian life is mm-hmm. so needed to mm-hmm. draw close to our brothers and sisters, whether they're a, whether they're a bank manager or whether they're a, a, a basketball player, or whether they're a plumber or whether they're a whether they're a you know an unemployed Centrelink pers- uh, recipient, whatever yes. it may be, whether they're yes. a pensioner, yes. like we just have such a need to reach these people because they have a need. They have a need, and, and if everyone has a need for Jesus, mm-hmm. like you know, absolutely. And so the question for us is like, well, what what motivates us to do this if we're not seeing blatant persecution around us? And it's having a relationship with God and his word. 100%. Praying earnestly that he would use you to reach other people. And then being personable and personal and saying, hey, I, how can I reach my co-worker, my neighbor, my, you know, my checkout, you know, person at the grocery store, like, you know, at Coles or Woolies, whatever. Like, whoever it is who's in your circle of influence who you can reach man, reach it. And that, that comes so much, doesn't it, when you've had that really true conversion that, that mm-hmm. Jesus talks about, especially when he spoke about that to Nicodemus as well. Um, you know, But throughout the Bible we see that, that it's about those, uh, you know, Paul's a classic example, of course, Absolutely. of a true conversion. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was the persecutor, and then he was the one that actually was the biggest church planter in the, in the early church history and, so, and has written so many books in the, in the New Testament. And the other thing, is that uh, that comes with that when you have that true conversion comes a passion mm-hmm. passion for Christ but a passion for sharing and it, and it's not a forceful thing to actually you know it's not about forcing Jesus mm-hmm. and God onto onto people it's actually about just being amongst people rubbing shoulders with him living life with them you know connecting building
building relationships. But yeah. it's a, it comes naturally because God works in and through you because you're so you're converted and you're passionate about that, and you don't want to see anything else but that in people's lives. Yeah. And you know, and I remember what you know in my early years, I used to try and um, before I had my like real true conversion, even though I give my heart to Jesus, my really true conversion came later. And um, and the thing is, the way that I would approach people was so so different, mm. you know, in this space. And so, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you, you've reminded me of a text from Romans chapter 9, starting in verse mm. 1. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am mm. not lying as confirmed by my conscience. And that's a very important word there, the conscience mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. I have a deep sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I... I For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ Mm. for the sake of my brothers, my own flesh and blood. His conscience has been pricked by the Holy Spirit that, hey, like I have been rescued out of false religion, essentially, and not that Judaism is false religion, but the system system. that Judea was running under at the moment and the religious leaders. And traditions rather than. That's right. Had ultimately caused them to, to be well, for Paul, persecuting God's people. And Paul had become a persecutor of what he actually intended to prop up and promote. And he has his his own conversion experience, as he said, a a crisis of faith. You know, Mm. I can imagine how he would have felt, you know, when he's standing before or laying on the ground before a, a revealed Jesus who's, you know, who's, well, God standing there, he says, you know, Saul, Saul, why is thou persecuted mm, me? Right. And he says, oh, who are you, Lord? That's right. The shock, man, just the the stomach flip, you yeah. know, the sinking of the heart that would have come upon Paul when he heard Jesus say, it is I, you know, Christ yeah, Jesus whom right. you persecute. Because he would have just been like, wow, I am totally in the wrong. Oh. But then his conscience is pricked, pricked. and he's like, man, I, I need to turn this around. I need to go a different direction. And the direction that he goes is ultimately toward, but rather than away from, you know, on behalf of his countrymen, persecuting Christians now on behalf of Christians reaching his countrymen and just the deep desire that he has for them. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, man, God, give us a heart like this to reach our brothers and sisters who don't know you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. It's come time now for us to go into our encounter with God time, and Mm. we're actually doing the last part of chapter 5 of Ephesians. Mm. And yesterday we unpacked about loving, well, the last two days a little bit about the church as the bride of Christ and Mm. um, to love your wife as yourself, you know, because Paul covers here about the whole marriage um, situation here of husband and wife that relates to the church. And then he uses the church analogy to to relate that to the the. The, um, to the marriage as well. And what I love, what we really unpacked with Lyle over the last two days is that we looked at the ancient ceremonies and the importance of marriage and, and, and how they were, but we also then unpacked Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and we're just going to go there a little bit today. We also unpacked um, John 17, and so maybe we can actually read the verses in Ephesians 5 to bring us in, Lawson, and then we'll go back because Paul actually refers to a passage 
or verse particularly from Genesis 2. So we'll then go back into Genesis 2 sure. as we're going to unpack this whole thing of one flesh model of marriage. What does that really mean? How does that really apply to us? Um, I'm in, so excited to oh. learn. I, I, I need this lesson. You know? <laughs> I, I am sitting here in the studio. We've got yourself. We've got also Big Pete oh, big spinning, Pete, spinning the te- Peter's spinning coming the decks. And he, Peter, Pete. thanks so much and doing great work there with the pro- projection stuff, production <laughs> production stuff, I should say. Um, and so it's just thanks for joining us. So, yeah, two of us married and you're here. Um, Lawson, so I need you'll help. Be learning. I need you'll help. Be learning. That's okay. right. So let's take it off here with Ephesians chapter 5 and verses uh, 28 to 30. In fact, go all the way to 33, please. All right. The Bible says in verse 28, so husbands ought to love your love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own wife, but nourishes and cherishes it. Or hated, sorry, his own flesh, mm. but nourishes it and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, and now it's getting into the quote from Genesis. Mm. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Mm, interesting how in that last verse too he says love his wife as his, as himself. So it's about the love thing towards that wife, which then is reciprocated in love and respect back to the husband. Mm. But yeah, as you said, Paul actually says there in verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Now that's of course taken from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. And it actually talks about, we actually, we're not going to go into it too much because we talked about it yesterday. Have a listen back on the podcast with what that means. But in Genesis 1, we, uh, God said, let us make man in our image. Right there is plurality. And it's the fact that, you know, if there's two people, there's still a degree of selfish love because it's about only the other person. But as Mm. soon as a third party comes in, which does in the case of a marriage when children come into the picture, mm. or in the case like Lyle described yesterday that, you know, you might be out on a date with your husband or your <laughs> wife, somebody else comes in and wants to join the table suddenly, Bro, like you me. kind of go, <laughs> yeah, gate crusher, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so suddenly you've got to share that love. And so that's where this other-centered love is really important. And that's why here it's really important what Paul brings in in Gen- sorry, Paul brings in from Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, mm. and it says, um, and sorry, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So what does that mean, one flesh? Uh, well, there is a very uh, uh, practical and pragmatic, pragmatic interpretation of that that you know they 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 they're joining together you know they're living as a you know as a team as a complementary team with one another marriage is something and, and this is something that's that's 
been actually considered at the moment. I'm attending at Avondale University. They have the Festival of Faith at the moment, and the big focus is relationships, which I think is a perfect focus for mm-hmm. people of our, my age. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, in my early 20s, and most of the people there as well, the uni students in their very late teens or early 20s were considering marriage, considering what that looks like. And ultimately, like, you are born as a child of God, mm-hmm. you know, as a person who is, who is, I would say, you know, people are born in a sense whole. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only the thing that people are missing is Jesus. But then at the same time, it's like God has created this system of marriage for people to unite together for the purpose of you know procreation, but also like as as a family unit um, to be responsible for one another, to be you know living together, working together. Um, you know, walking towards a similar goal, um, you know, well, the same goal of mm-hmm. the outcome of, you know, life and whatnot. Mm. For two to become one flesh, it's just the reality of two people who are living together, doing everything together as married people do. Uh, absolutely. And the interesting thing is that these days, and I hear it a lot, even sometimes amongst Christians and particularly sometimes amongst young people, is they say, well, marriage is not really mentioned as such in the Bible because you've got all these different Bible stories and things. Mm. But in fact, here what we see right in Genesis chapter 2, so at creation, the witness at the, the marriage ceremony and that and that blesses and puts that marriage ceremony together is God himself. Mm. God places this marriage together because he says there, you know, to leave your mother and your father and cleave to your wife. Mm. And here's the thing. There's stories like the story of Ruth and Boaz, for instance, in the Bible that are a very good example of that whole thing of the bride price having to, to pay for, you know, for your, for your bride that we spoke about in the last couple of days, but also the fact that you know there's this this bartering for you know who's going to get it and then and and then making that when the decision is made there's a ceiling and mm. then there is the 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 marriage ceremony that actually happens and so even when like Ruth lay initially at the feet of mm. Boaz they didn't lie together okay yeah, they yeah. didn't lie together yeah. in in the sense that we know it of today or they're spoken of today and so here what we see in the, it's really important is that there's 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 th- you know several several things that come in of that one flesh it's about being emotionally one it's being financially one it's being spiritually one it is being um you know intellectually one spirit and and in every of those aspects and so emotionally being one flesh is about union because what we've got to remember you know i mean we have um kelvin come in and talk about weird and quirky things about numbers mm. in the bible and and i'm sure he covered this sometime before i actually came on faith fm but one actually signifies new beginnings and unity in the mm. bible which makes so much sense doesn't it in the sense of marriage because that is a new beginning to become one and so mm-hmm. it means that whatever emotional attachments somebody has actually had before because you know in many cases people have had relationships you know got a girl with a guy guy girl and, and and vice versa before they settle with whoever they feel is the right person for them and mm. so here it's about letting go of those emotional attachments but it's also letting go of those emotional attachments 
to the parents because sometimes people live with in-laws and that person still can remain attached to their mum or to their dad more. Mm. Particularly, it tends to be more the mum, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen it, you know, in cases where the the couple have then ended up staying and being married um, and but living under the same roof of the parents and who has charge and control over the marriage. It's certainly not the husband and wife. Yeah. And, Oof. you know, and that attack, and it's, a, it, and it's such a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. And so that is exactly why God says right here, and Paul uses that analogy. He says, no, cleave to your wife, you know, leave your mother and your father in the same way as he has actually said to the Ephesians. Um, and then we've been unpacking, leave paganism. Yeah. And all that goes along with that when you mar- get married to me, to Christ, and into the church, there is a unity mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think also the, the sense of the, the physical aspect of marriage as well. Absolutely. You know, Paul simply says this. He says, do you not know that one who... He, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 yeah. in verse 16. He says, uh, he says in verse 15, sorry, he says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Mm-hmm. Shall I then take members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her, with her in body? For it is said two will become one flesh. The, from the, from the physical aspect too, you know, the, uh, the engaging in, in physicality with someone and especially if you look at in Paul's time, the risk of disease and whatnot that comes oh. with that, it's like, Listen, like yep. you make your choice. That's that's it. Like this is this is who you're united with physically, emotionally. Yeah. Like this is this is the only way it works. Is it and that's, is that's another way. thing that's being said. If I can say this, it's a bit of a controversial statement, but it's true. You know, sexually transmitted diseases would be solved in one generation if everyone would be monogamous. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm with tr- you on that. It's just the truth. <laughs> it's just the truth. It is and, the and truth. This is the advice that God has given us. Given us. Hey, be joint. Be joined to your wife. Be one flesh with her. Make that decision. Your wife, your husband, that decision, it's like you have become one. You've united. We're going to continue on with the show. Really, You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, we've come come time for our last quiz question. It's going so fast and it's the last one for the whole week. And hang around, of course, because we're going to be doing our uh, draw in about 15 minutes' time after our next part of the Bible study. So take it away, please, Lawson. All right. According to Genesis 35, 16 through 22, who set up a commemorative pillar of stone after his wife had died during childbirth? Mm. 0491 064 669. Unfortunate story there, but I think a beautiful mm. memorial mm-hmm. um, given to... Oh, man. I had a just a powerful testimony last night. Oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to cry. Oh, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't about childbirth specifically, but, um, there was a girl, uh, at, at Avondale, there was a, there was a woman sharing about, um, her mum passing away and her dad recently being, um, diagnosed, uh, with, with a brain tumor Oh wow! and just, you know, the hardships mm. that her family had been through and, uh, just the fact that she was standing, regardless, mm. standing in faith and, and leaning on the Lord. And you know, even though her life has been touched by grief and the life of her family has been touched by grief and sorrow and loss, um, that, yeah, re- regardless of that, that she finds 
comfort and hope in Christ. Oh my goodness, it was mm, powerful. I'm like trying not to tear up now because it, it was right. incredible. And we have this story here, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, grief and tragedy, it touches our lives and, um, you know, leads to situations which God doesn't, you know, does not want, never designed us to go through. Mm. Um, but regardless, he can work through and bring out all things together for good. And that good is our salvation that we can see these people again. But again, that question was here, according to Genesis 35, 16 through 22, who set up a commemorative pillar of stone after his wife died during childbirth? 0491-064-669. That's the number to text if you know the correct answer to that one. If you do, it's your final chance to get in for our prizes for today, which is Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and A Thoughtful Hour, which is an awesome devotional books that, well, awesome devotional books that we want to give you absolutely for free if you win the draw. 0491-064-669. Yeah. Dude, we're looking at Ephesians. We're looking at being joined. We're looking at being one flesh. I want to ask you, mm. as, as someone who is married, you know, mm-hmm. we've been speculating as to what this looks like, and you've brought up some, some practical, you know, hypothetical examples of people living with their parents after their marriage. If I can ask, what has this spirit experience been like for you? You know, being married to Keith, awesome bloke, you know, being one flesh with him, yeah. living, especially as you guys are married under God, you know, living a life Absolutely. of faith as well. You know, what what kind of ex- experience have you had? Like, if you can reflect on, oh, one flesh in my life looked like this. Yeah. I, I, I would say that the most beautiful thing is that there's this deep commitment to one another. Oof. You know, Keith and I had this saying right, fr- have, have this saying right from the beginning in our very first year of marriage. We actually, and we sometimes write it on the sand, we'll say, together forever till Jesus comes. Ooh. And, you Powerful. know, that's a really beautiful thing. And, and that commitment that is deep towards one another through, through the, the good times and the hard times and the bad times, because things in life come our way, like you say, trauma, you know, in family, deaths and things like that. And also you're coming from different, um, you know, homes and upbringings and sometimes cultural backgrounds, but also just different you know, personalities. And so there's this thing about having to compromise um, in areas that you would come and sometimes go like, well, I want it this way. Well, no, mm. it's actually, it's love, you know, and in the sense of what God speaks about here, Elohim, you know, God mm. um, and, and the one united, that is the picture of relationship for us. And, and God wants us to have agape love in our love. Agape love is the highest form of love. And that's the love that he speaks of about, you know, with, with the church and Christ as well. And so the thing is that we are to have that, and that's what it's about. And it doesn't mean Mm. that things are always smooth and rosy. I'd Mm. love to say that it is, and I think so many family, you know, marriages would say the same because it means that you've got to sit down sometimes and discuss things and kind of come to a mutual compromise um, about whatever it is that you're actually needing to talk about because that is the effect of the fall. Mm. But what Paul is saying here too and what as a Christian, you know, Keith and myself and other Christians I feel see the same is that when you give your heart to Jesus, your whole purpose is for the other person. Mm. It's not for yourself. It's about the other. It's about being selfless and other focused. 
And it's actually about, um, you know, that, that full deep commitment. And that comes by being spiritually also united. Mm. Okay. Cause somebody, like if somebody's got it of a different denomination or even within the same denomination that you may be, may be in, there can be people that are religious but that not are truly converted and don't have the heart of Christ. And being truly united is actually having that heart of Christ. And that means having worships together, having prayer time together. You know, Keith and I have had, and, and we've, we've just restarted again, having a war room in the home mm. because the devil wants to split marriages. Mm. He wants to split marriages. And the beautiful thing is that we are committed to each other. And there's this beautiful thing that, you know, that you, you do your absolute very best not to have disagreements in any kind of way. Mm. Um, and I know of some couples that say they have never fought, you know, have never had disagreements. And I think that's a really beautiful picture to, to actually have that, you know, within the home that models that to children of what the love marriage love between us and Christ is to be. Mm. So, yeah, that, that and permanency is the other thing. So commitment comes permanency, Yeah, you know, I will be with Keith forever. That's I love that's that. that's the bottom line of it. That I love is, that. and and I'll tell you. Here's the interesting thing. I'll tell you in like twenty seconds, so that you can jump in and say something here too. Yeah, you're good. But I actually knew, I knew in my heart that I'd be marrying Keith before we even started dating each other, because I'd actually been praying, praying. I was observing him, and I was praying for God that if this man is right. And if he is to support me in ministry, because at the time I was door knocking and doing evangelistic work through door knocking and, um, and called literature evangelism. Yeah. And so I said, Lord, if it's got to be somebody, let them support. But God took it further. He gave me a man who's not only godly and loves Jesus, but is actually a minister as well. And mm. so we've done ministry together. And so, you know, and I said, I knew, knew it would be quick. And it was. It was very quick. So when he asked me to marry him, the answer, of course, was so yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome you know i i love oh, i love that so much danuta the the idea of permanency there and as you've said you know it's a bit of a scale you you've said okay there's some couples who don't even fight there, there must be like something about them that is so complementary that is so compatible that mm. it's like they're just like one brain mm. but then like you go you know along a scale and it's like oh, okay there's you know there's opposites attract and there's opposites some couples attract, that yeah. you know in in some areas that aren't in the space of non-negotiables, but rather, you know, maybe preferences or whatever it may be and, and looking at, you know, their well And there are and, certain things in marriage that are non-negotiable. And, right. and they should okay. be, right? And that is not not going for somebody else. Yeah. That's, like, that is a non-negotiable. Yeah. But even non-negotiable in terms of <laughs> values, right? Yes. Like, oh, in terms of, hey, I believe in, in, in you know, I want to have children or I, I believe that we should be participating in our church community or, um, you know, in terms of moral values and whatnot. It's like, like, but then there are there are times where there are you know things seen from different way or perspectives, and then that leads to you know arguments that might lead to. And by arguments, I don't mean like evil arguments, but more just like you know those conversations that you need to have in order to get to a point where you compromise and you um you you find a a middle ground. Mm. I love that. Still, the idea here, it's like okay, this person I've chosen to be with them forever. Yes. Now we're having you know some discussion about something that we disagree on. Does that mean oh we disagree? I drop them. The answer is no. absolutely no. not. Disagreeing on something is not the evidence that oh your marriage is failing and you need to leave. Rather, it's it's like hey, you've chosen this person. 
You've chosen each other before God. You have an obligation to work it out, to work it through. Obligation and knowing that God is the one at the center that will help you work that through. That's why, you know, that Bible study time and praying together is absolutely crucial. Absolutely. And and so we want to challenge each one of us, you know, and, and particularly if you're in a relationship and you're in a marriage relationship, to just really contemplate these words and what Paul has actually said and that let Jesus be at the center of your marriage Absolutely. and beautiful things can and will happen in every space. Absolutely. And in this space as well, God is pragmatic, you know, and I love what you said. There are non-negotiables. Mm. We're not talking about getting cheated on. Like even huh. Jesus himself gives license mm. for separation in a context of infidelity mm-hmm. because God is incredibly compassionate to a situation like that. Like God understands the hurt, the mistrust, everything that comes. And, but, but outside of these contexts, these boundaries that God sets, he's like, mate, you, you've made a choice. That's like it. see it through. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. We, you're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It has come time now for us to do the draw. You're That's going right. in the draw for thoughts on the amount of blessings and the thoughtful prayer a day. Let's spin the wheel to see who wins today. All right. Let's, let me press the button here. Three, two, one, and start da, spinning. Da, da, da. All right. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's slowing down. It's slowing down. Down. It is. Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a we have a winner. We have a winner for today. Give me one. Okay, actually, I've just realised we need to spin the wheel again because this person was not supposed to be in, oh, in the draw. So let's okay. let's spin it one more Have time. All right, three, two, playing. one. Here we go. Okay, it's spinning. It's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, it's unfortunately landed on this person. Oh, the same one. So, so this person, so this person, so we have a system here at Faith FM, and it's that if you want to play the quiz but you don't want to be in the draw, then you put a little star next to your name. This person has done that, and unfortunately, they've they've ended up in the, in the names here. Let's let's just do it. Let's do it one more time. One hopefully, more time. hopefully to land on. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. And we have a Oh, winner. oh, oh, here we go. Okay, okay sweet. We have an actual winner. Yay. Congratulations to Tracy for winning the prize for this week, <laughs> uh, which the prize is, you know, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. And there again, a thoughtful hour. Congratulations on winning the prize this morning and from, yeah, for, for playing this week and for everyone who got, you know, just an extensive amount of entries in. Oh, Heaps of entries this week. Heaps and heaps. (laughs) But yeah, guys, thank you so much for playing. Hey, let's go through some of the answers for our quiz this week. We've got here, it was fill in the blanks. The answer was, and I will give them one heart Mm. and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the dead heart out of your flesh. Sorry, the stony Stony heart heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. So that was the answer to question one. Question two, what did Moses tell the Israelites to tie on their hands and on their foreheads? It was God's commandments. They yes. called this phylacteries. Yeah. It was these little little leather pouches that they tied on mm. their on their things. Uh, 
number three here was who used the term rock of our salvation to describe God? It was none other than David. Yeah. According to 1 Samuel 13, it is true that in the beginning of King Saul's reign, the Philistines prevented the Israelites from having swords or spears, and the Israelites had to go to the Philistines to sharpen their axes, coulters, and other farming tools. And then finally, according to Genesis 35, 16 through 22, who set up a... Who was the question, who who set up a commemorative (laughs) pillar of stone after his wife died during childbirth, and that was Jacob. Jacob, and the wife was Rachel, and of course it was was during childbirth that she passed away. Yeah, incredibly sad. Incredibly sad, and so of course the the child's name was named Benjamin, Mm. and um, so, you know, Jacob had the 12 sons, and of course, I mean, she was the love of his life. I mean, he had to work 14 years instead of just seven years for her because Mm -hmm. the father gypped him and gave him the old sister Leah instead of Rachel. But Jacob is the perfect cautionary tale to show you why you and your wife become one, one flesh. That's he it. got gypped. He had to marry <laughs> Leah. Instead, he got tricked into marriage, which is, there's all kinds of questions that come from that. Like, how yeah. do you end up, you know, in that situation? Uh, but at the same time, like, if he had have just made the decision, like, I'm I'm going to stay with Leah, the amount of drama, the amount of yeah, pain the heartache and, and problems and that, everything that Jacob would have gone through it. would have been <laughs> dramatically <laughs> decreased. Oh, it's so like, look, unfortunate decreased. situation. And this is the point that we were raising before is that, hey, you know, God doesn't have a single person out there for you. God has someone that he is leading you towards that can fulfill, you know, and it's it's a scale. It's, you know, people are more compatible. People are... Absolutely. The, the, the dynamic looks different, but, hey, we make those decisions yeah. and we... And as a partnership, when we both make those decisions, like, hey, we are going to move forward towards the direction mm. of Jesus, there might be inconveniences that come with that. There might be, you know, all kinds mm. of heartaches and difficulty, but... Hey, the best way you can do it is God's way. God's, God's way and have God at the centre. And like, you know, it might not always work out for everyone this, the way it did for me that I was convicted by God that I'll be marrying Keith before he, we even started dating, right? It was not long mm. before. But, you know, everyone has their journey and that key is just to say, you know, to stay centred and choose, choose the right partner firstly but have Jesus mm. right at the centre and be one flesh. That is just so important and keeps coming up in the Bible. It's right there at the start. Thanks for being a part of the faith. Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Listening to The Breakfast Show, we come to the end of our show all too quickly once again. We've had some exciting stuff, talking about one flesh and marriage and stuff, you know, just what that all means. And The Voice of the Martyrs, that whole segment was absolutely mm. amazing today. But, hey, we're coming in for a weekend um, and we're really hoping that you, Lawson, myself, Peter, yourself too, and all of us can actually have a good weekend. But before we go on to that, um, what is our prize giveaway? Get get your numbers ready, and all you have to do is text in books so you can be quick. Yeah, that's right. So you don't miss out. There's a number is 0491 What is our free giveaway today? Yeah, so our free giveaway at the end of the show. You don't have to answer any questions for this one. You just have to be quick. And here we go. It is Maximum Marriage, 28 couples share their secrets for happiness by Peggy and Roger 
Dudley. Now, this is coming from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. um, of, you know, their successful marriages. We heard, you, you know, your story today, your kind of experience in marriage and being one flesh. If that's something that you want some understanding of, you want some reflection on, hey, 0491-064-669. Just text book. Be the first text to through at 0491-064-669. We'll give you this absolutely for free. Mm. Absolutely for free. How jolly exciting. Stay on. We've got Tassie Encounters coming up and also Drive Time. But, hey, we want to leave you with a Bible quote to encourage you for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that is taken from Jeremiah 29, 11. So go with that hope for this weekend and remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Counsel's guide of hold you with the sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. And there you 